The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com and CC1Consulting.com. I'm delighted to be back with you again for another week. Firstly, I'd just like to say a big thank you to my guest last week, August Turak. Um, August um, was talking to us about um, the business secrets of the Trappist monks and his key lessons and learnings from his experience doing that. Uh, I have to say, I think um, his book is absolutely fascinating. It's one of my favorite books of the year. And if you're looking to you know, bring real sort of selflessness into your work, uh, then it's uh, a book I would strongly recommend. I think it's, no, it's in the top 20 um, books on Amazon in the United States for business at the moment. So thank you again, August, for being on the show. So this week, this week we're going to talk about uh, the vital elements of being a good speaker and effectively promoting your business to an audience. I know we've spoken about speaking an, on a number of occasions. Um, however, I think it's something that is just very valuable for any business owner We've all got to communicate, and therefore, I think to learn how to do this and how to use it well to promote your business is so important. Now, I've mentioned before I'm a regional president of the Professional Speaking Association, and I, I meet many people who are intending to make the move from being a presenter to a speaker, and they want to be able to really effectively and engage and promote their businesses from the stage. However, it's a pretty daunting thing to do, isn't it? So during the show, we're going to learn about the five P's of promotional speaking and the biggest mistakes people make when they get out to talk about their business. And my guest today is Celia Delaney. Now, Celia is a speaker and a speaker coach, and she runs Speaking Success, a company that teaches business owners, senior managers, and their teams how to promote their business effectively through speaking. Her clients include Ashridge Business School, the Institute of Directors and Academy for Chief Executives, the Dorchester Collection of Hotels and Thomson Reuters. Her audience describe her as inspirational and very funny. And I've seen her speak and engage an audience at a, a big event. And she was great and really inspired me, which inspired me to ask her to be on the show. Sheila says she thinks she's the love child of Derva Kerwin and Sean Bean, if you know who they are. They're um, act, actors and actresses. If you're very good, she might even sing for you, maybe. Let's <laughs> uh, um, well, we'll mention that to her in a minute. Speak to that in a minute. Um, Celia read experimental psychology at Oxford University. Then she joined Unilever's graduate scheme and went on to be HR director of one of their factory sites. She then trained as an actress and worked in stage and television for five years before deciding to use all of her skills, psychology, people and performance, in setting up her own training and speaking business. So a big welcome today to Celia Delaney. Hello. <laughs> you want to explain that bit about you might even sing for us? 
<laughs> well, I'm also a jazz singer. Um, I don't tend to perform that much in terms of gigs. I actually trained in London under a wonderful jazz pianist called Pete Morton and um, have done a bit of singing out there. But mostly I sing for friends at their weddings and, uh, you know, wedding anniversaries and things like that. And I really enjoy it. It's just something that I do for fun. And I've been thinking lately about how I can combine that with speaking. So I have been managing to sneak in my singing into my keynotes um, where I'm at conferences and I'm paid to speak uh, they get a bit of a surprise so I managed to tell a few stories that actually have songs woven into them uh, it's a tricky thing to do but it's enjoyable and it seems to be going down well I think that's what you saw um, when you saw me speak um, at the PSA in April wasn't it indeed it was it was great maybe we should share some tips because I'm weaving in my my guitar playing into my speaking at the moment. Right. It's a bit of fun, but I'm, I'm a bit more at the rockier end than, than jazz. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a really good idea. I think that, you know, audiences really want to be entertained as well as informed. And sometimes it's easy to forget that when you're speaking. And particularly in business, um, I think there is far too much emphasis on information and not enough emphasis on inspiration. And so the things that we can put in that are more creative are very good because they stimulate people's brains and actually help them to take in the information better. I think that's really interesting because I've heard more you know, academic speakers sometimes being a bit critical of speakers saying, oh, there's, you know, there's too much entertainment and mm. things like that in there. But then, you know, when you make that move across I'd say to the light side. <laughs> you, you actually appreciate, I think, um, I appreciate sitting and listening to speakers who really entertain me as, as well as um, share content that thought provokes me. Mm, absolutely. And, um, you know, for me, Chris, I've got an acting background. So I also want to integrate that with what I do without being seen as just an actress. You know, I'm very aware that people can write off an actress very easily and see it as a bit flippant perhaps or irrelevant to business but I was also a senior manager I managed a team at Unilever and I understand the corporate life very well and I like it and so I think actually those worlds can coexist and they have got things to teach each other and so for me you know I really want to use my acting on stage for the benefit of people in getting that message across. So, so what Tell us about what maybe made you move into acting from business and then move more out of acting into speaking. It's a bit of a crazy route, but it kind of makes sense when you look back on it. Um, I always like to say that I feel I've always been fascinated by people and how people tick, you know, what motivates them, how do they learn, how do they grow, what do they want out of life. Those are the questions I've always been driven by I think even since I was a child and so reading psychology was one way of looking at that and I was lucky enough to go to Oxford which was just a blissful experience for me being from the north um, near where Sean Bean lives you see from Sheffield it was quite a leap and um, then going into the corporate life with Unilever um, again I went into human resources and so I was interested in personal development and learning and development was my favorite piece of that so that makes more sense now that I want to educate and train and coach you know I'm still 
that is my lifelong passion is the gift of teaching uh, and that's really the only bit of HR at the time that I genuinely loved the rest of it I pretty much struggled through you know negotiating with the unions and so on that was really tough for me but lots of good lessons learned which I still use with my corporate clients today and then I ran off to drama school it was a it was a childhood ambition I'm afraid it was a dream and I felt that I couldn't I I just couldn't not go and do it. You know, I felt that I would regret that. So I, I went off and did it and had a very fun five years on the stage working. And so it's been more of a gradual move towards speaking. It was the realization that probably what I should have done is go and be a presenter. You know, I think I I do regret actually sort of spending so long in theatre. I really should have tried to do television or radio because I think being myself is better for me than being a character. I'm actually better at being myself than pretending to be someone else. <laughs> yeah, that's been well, you on the radio now. Yes, I know. My dreams have come true. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, why do you think that business people should speak? Well, look, I'm really passionate about this. I think that speaking is one of the most low cost and effective marketing tools that there is available to people. Um, But interestingly, I think people in business often don't think of it that way. They don't think of speaking to a group, a crowd, as a way of promoting themselves or promoting their business. But actually, if you think about it, the leverage is awesome because you're not having to do that promotion one to one. You're doing it one to many. So a lot of people would think of networking, for example. Everyone knows about networking. Everyone's on LinkedIn and they're going to networks and they're eating a lot of canapes and drinking a lot of bad coffee. But how many people do you actually get to in a networking room? Say if there were 50 people in the room, how many people, Chris, do you think an average person would actually speak to out of 50? Oh, probably about 10, maybe, at the most. 10, ten if they were working the room, I would say. Yeah. Most people, when I ask that question, they say four or five. You know, that's honestly how they feel. They probably get boxed into a corner. You know, they don't necessarily get to everyone they want to. But imagine if you were the speaker. Imagine if you spoke. So then you would get to all 50 people, guaranteed, and your whole message would get to them as well, because generally people don't walk out or boo, or heckle when you're speaking. I mean, that's different when you're doing stand-up comedy. Obviously, that's a much tougher gig. But generally, when you're speaking, people listen to the whole thing. So compared to, say, email or direct mail, um, it has great advantages. Because socially, people will listen to the whole message. So you're getting leverage of one-to-many, and you're getting through your whole message. And another thing is, it makes you look like an expert. Why does it make you look like an expert? Because people think you would never be stupid enough to get up there if you didn't know what you were talking about. (laughs) So it's a little trick because people will confer expert status on you just because you are the speaker. It's the best trick in the world. I recommend everybody gets into that mindset. However you know, I think the the key thing I would say is to to invest some time to learn to do it well, though, wouldn't you? Because I have seen people get up on that stage who've not... uh, who've not invested a lot of time in their speaking and they don't look the expert. Um, yeah, so. I think that's absolutely true. You know, don't, it's, it's a high exposure. It's a higher exposure to speak and you need to be slightly heightened. It's what I call a heightened form of conversation. Um, and that's an acting term, the idea that things are heightened. Um, and so you need to be slightly bigger. You need to be confident. You've got to carry it off with some aplomb. I don't want to put people off doing it. Um, but yes, it is important not to be dreary. 
Um, and from my point of view, I what I teach is it's important to get to the bit where you promote as well, where you advertise what you do, not necessarily in a salesy way, but in a way that allows people to take the next step. So many times I watch people speak supposedly to advertise their business and they, they just don't manage to do that because they forget the essential element to it, which is the purpose of speaking for them is to promote. So it breaks my heart because I think you've left money on the table there. You've left a real golden opportunity. You had a captive audience and you just wasted it, basically. And I guess it can also be by the time people get to that stage, if they've not maybe been embedding a few things through the speech, you can be like, Phew, you know, it's, go, it's gone well and forget about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as I said at the beginning, there's too much emphasis on information. People are so keen to give away information and to describe things and to give away content, which is great. You know, content marketing uh, is absolutely what promotional speaking is. You are giving away good content so that people trust you as an advisor and then they want to come back for more. That's that's great. But it's no good if you just give away the farm. You know, if you just give away great content, but nobody knows the name of your business or your website or your name. You know, I work with people within organizations as well. And they forget that they need to promote themselves within the organization. You know, they might want a promotion one day. They ought to say their own name at the very least. (laughs) You know, it's these basic things that need to be in place before you stand up to speak. I think this, I mean, this raises an interesting question as well. You know, who is this interview actually for? Because people listening to mm. this might think, well, I'm never going to be, you know, a keynote speaker mm. or something, go and stand up and speak at conferences. But, yeah. you know, who is this, this information for? Well, what I love about your audience, Chris, is that it's for the person with entrepreneurial spirit, with an entrepreneurial mind. And I have the same audience myself. So I coaching speaking and I get up on stages and I speak and I I write stuff you know I endlessly I live and breathe speaking but I'm slightly unusual in that I do have two audiences one is people within organizations of any size right from a small family business right up through the corporates that you mentioned in your introduction so I work with people who are employees I work with board members and CEOs it doesn't matter what level you're at in the hierarchy, if you see it that way, you are often still required to stand up and speak in your role. So it's for people like that that have to stand up and speak. It might They might be in a sales role, they might not. I work with a lot of people in sustainability and charities, and they're desperate to spread the word about the good work that they're doing. They might be reporting on research or talking about a charitable idea. So it could be anyone like that. The other audience that I have is entrepreneurs. So people who've come out of corporate life or were never in it. Uh, and like me, I had a very short stint in it. And then I've been on my own running a business uh, ever since uh, for you know years and years. And I'm quite used to it, probably unemployable now, I have to admit. Um, and people like that, they might be solo entrepreneurs, or they might have built a team around them now. So in a sense, they're becoming an organization. And um, those people, and there are increasing numbers of them, by the way, because, you know, the way the economy has gone, we've now had a lot of redundancies and a lot of people making the jump to self-employment. Those people need to grasp the idea that speaking is a cracking marketing tool. And if they're not doing it, they're really, really missing out. And by that, I mean unpaid speaking, you know, speaking purely to promote their business. So not necessarily with a fee. 
And then there's the other type of speaking, which is keynote, which I also do and you do. And that's being paid to go to conferences, usually in, within large organisations and trade bodies. And you get paid a fee and you stand up and you, you do your keynote speech. That's a different type of speaking. Again, people don't have to have an aspiration for that. I'm always saying to them, don't feel you've got to become a paid speaker. It's only a small part of what speaking is. Definitely. And is there interesting you know, saying all of these people are leaving and you know, I know we we work in very similar markets and this show is very much for entrepreneurs and I describe them as intrapreneurs in organizations too and <laughs> and, and uh, you know is there enough demand out there for people to speak um, if there's if there's more and more people perhaps doing it and you're promoting more and more people doing it yes there's endless demand because there are so many opportunities to speak and it probably is just invisible if you're not working in that way currently so I think the barriers for people, like you're asking, is there enough demand? You know, people who are not currently using speaking to market their business are a bit baffled by the whole idea often because they think, what do you mean? What? How am I going to ever start speaking? And I think the barriers are not knowing where to speak, not knowing what to say and not knowing how to do it. You know, at a basic level, those three things are what's stopping a person from really effectively using speaking to market their business. So in terms of where to speak, you know, and you ask me, is there a demand? A great place for people to start speaking free of charge, where it's acceptable as well to promote, is the huge number of networking groups that are available. Um, many of these appeal to both your solo business owner as well as your employee. You know, many of them have that crossover, which is really nice, actually, because both are networking with each other. But some of them much more appeal to just your entrepreneur, um, which is you know a lot of a lot of business owners in the room getting together, wanting to help each other to grow their businesses. So they're often looking for a speaker. They might only have a five minute slot, but why not start there? That's how I started. You know, I started doing talks that were a minute or 30 seconds or five minutes, 10 minutes, then I did 20 minutes. Then I thought, you know, I could probably volunteer to do a 45 minute workshop type thing and see how that goes. And I remember being paid. My first time I was paid was by a network group um, in my local area. I'm in Devon at the moment. I was paid £250, Chris, isn't that something, <laughs> to do a one-hour talk. Yeah. And I was so, so pleased. I was so chuffed to this because I was like, I'm being paid to speak. And, uh, you know, that was, gosh, I mean, that's a few years ago now. But that's just a good example. I'd spoken for free for a couple of years. And um, for me, speaking doubled my business within a year. You know, the first year I started to speak to promote, I doubled my business easy because your profile is raised so high. Absolutely great. Well, we're going to go to commercial break now. And after the break, we shall look at the steps that are needed to speak well. And then we'll start to get into the steps to really promote yourself while you're speaking. So uh, do come back to us. We shall be um, just gone for a couple of minutes and then we shall be uh, continuing after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called 
the Achiever Programme, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com. I'm with Celia Delaney, and we're talking about how to use speaking to promote your business. And if you have any um, any sort of feedback and thoughts on the show, do email me because I love to hear from people. So, Celia, what are the key steps you think that are really needed to be able to speak well? Okay, so... I talk about the five P's of speaking just to make it easy to remember. And I quite like P's. And these are passion, people, product, presentation and personality. So those are um, things I can talk through in a minute in more detail. But all I want to say about that initially is it's important, vital really, to be able to present. You know, you were saying it's no good if people get it up, up and they do it badly. That's absolutely true. But you can you could look really slick and be confident and be a good presenter and it still might not work for you as a promotional tool if you don't have these five Ps in place. So I see these as moving parts that are essential. You know, when people say, get your ducks in a row in the UK, that's a phrase. What they mean is line up all the moving parts so that it all clicks together. And that's what these five Ps are. That They are foundational pieces you need in place. It's not enough to just make it look good. Although, you know, there is an element of that always in speaking. I guess what I just just to sort of clarify what I was saying there in that I think maybe it's it's absolutely fine to go and speak and uh, and bomb I guess because most speakers <laughs> speak to them at some point have have done that but I guess it's picking the right environments to do yeah. that. and then when it's the big ones making sure that you are you're in good shape so I mean yeah. I think I just want to sort of stress to people that don't make that a barrier that feel of feel you know feel of failure but maybe go and do some free speaking or something like that. Mm-hmm practice yeah. and then get yourself to a stage when those really big opportunities do come because I was speaking to someone who who turned down a massive opportunity to speak to 3,000 people because mm. he hadn't put the time in to develop his speaking and, and he, t- he turned it down which was maybe a brave thing to do mm. uh, some people might be more gung-ho about it maybe he made the right call on that one yeah I think if you absolutely know 
that it's going to go really wrong for you, then I think some damage limitation is a good idea. But I hope he's kicking himself now because he could have put the time in just a little bit of effort to polish that skill beforehand or, you know, put together what I call a signature talk, you know, which uh, in the paid speaking world will be called a keynote. But it just means a talk that can be 45 minutes long or up to an hour and a half that is bang in the centre of your material. It's absolutely what you're expert in and you can confidently do that talk off notes anytime you're required to. You know, if you want to be really professional about it, then you and I would do this. I travel with a USB stick with the slides on it for my signature talk. So I'm ready to go and I'm always looking good. I'm always in a nice dress. (laughs) So if there's an emergency speaking situation, then I'm ready. (laughs) We could that's it's very good, but we could say that uh, one of one of my guests on this show um, had the opportunity. He was in America, just happened to see something going on on it in a room, and they were auditioning for speakers for a massive event. Just happened to be in the hotel, and he said, "Well, I'd be interested. Can I have a go?" And they said, "Well, um, you can have you know go and do a ten minutes if you if you really want to." And actually, that led to him speaking to seven thousand people. Wow! And that was just I was a guy. Um, his name now. Um, Mills, I've forgotten his first name. Um, Derek Mills, uh, you know, great um, point there about have you, you know, be prepared really. Be ready to go, yeah. Yeah. So I know this is something that you you like to talk about, um, and that is passion. Do you want to tell us about passion and speaking? Yeah, sure. So first P, passion. Most people expect me here to say you must show passion about your subject. Well, yes, I would absolutely say that. I think if it's lifeless, then people are not going to be inspired by it. However, it isn't the most important thing. And in fact, you can be quite choked by your passion in that I've seen people who are so excited about what they do and overwhelmed by it that they can't be clear about it. So their passion actually clouds their thinking and they can find it difficult to actually describe what they do. They almost need to get passionless about it and look at it from the outside in order to be able to describe it better. So passion, absolutely, but don't let it choke you. The more important type of passion from my point of view, because don't forget, I'm interested in where sales meets speaking, is a passion for transformation. There is a phrase about speaking, you've already mentioned, I've already mentioned inspirational speaking. We tend to talk about informational or educational speaking, which is the type where you'll get a lot of PowerPoint and a lot of bullet points and people telling you things. Inspirational speaking, which engages emotion, often uses storytelling and other entertainment. And then transformational speaking. And transformational speaking means the audience has to take action. They have to do something different to transform Otherwise, it isn't transformational speaking, okay? So the passion I want people to have is a passion for the transformation of the audience. And that means getting very good at persuasion and getting people to take action. Not in a manipulative way, but in a way that liberates people, that galvanizes them into doing something better for themselves that they otherwise wouldn't do without your encouragement. Excellent. And and I guess this... uh... This point about passion as well, you know, cultivating that and finding your passion, and then maybe using that within your speech. When you talked about your singing earlier, mm-hmm. you know, I guess that could be an important aspect of passion. Yeah, absolutely. But it's this 
it's this desire to see people change. Yes. And if you can get that desire in you, then you'll be good when it comes to getting them to take action. If you don't fundamentally believe in that or get on board with that in yourself, you'll really struggle to ask people to do something because it takes confidence. It really does take confidence to reach out to an audience and say, hey, I would like you to do this because it's commanding it's you know actually taking command of other people of other human beings so because of the confidence required in that belief has to come first i think it's a really really important uh, point and I, I guess it also gets you in the mindset of thinking about the reason that you're there which is to speak to others it's not all about you yeah it's not all about you <laughs> you're actually just a vessel for a message you know you just need to get a message to an audience and then ask them to take action based on that message that's really the kind of speaking I'm interested in anyway I mean I love entertainment speaking and sometimes that's all I do you know you've seen me do stuff where people are really entertained and they've got some good learning points to take away but I'm not really pushing them to change but a lot of the speaking I do I'm really saying to them I want you to change I want you to become good at promotion that's usually what I'm asking people to do and therefore please take these steps in order to become better great so how about people People. So second P, who are you speaking to? Now, this is kind of obvious, but we all make mistakes in this area. If you have, if you develop a brilliant signature talk and you can develop all the skills you like around asking people to take action, you could become a top-notch transformational speaker. You wheel out that talk to the wrong audience and they will not take action. And they won't buy your products and services if that's what you're trying to get them to do. Um, they won't do anything. They'll just look at you baffled because it's just a mismatch. It's a classic thing in marketing about, um, you know, media that you use and um, how you put that in front of the right type of market. You've got to match message to market. And if you're speaking to the wrong audience, you are going to bomb. You know, it's not going to go well. And you might think, I don't understand why that didn't work. You know, if you're really a speaker that's actually selling, you know, if you want to sell your books at the back of the room or you want people to sign up to your services, if you're getting into that level of promotional speaking, which is not for everyone, you know, but if you are, you ought to know your conversion rate. So you ought to know that you probably will get, say, 40% of the audience to sign up to whatever you're asking them to do. But one day you might go out and you only get 5% sign up. So you have to think, well, was that the presentation? Um, was it me? Was, did I lack passion? Was it the wrong offer? Or was it the wrong people? Was I just speaking to the wrong people? So do your research and try not to waste too much time speaking in front of the wrong people because that's absorbing a lot of time when you could be speaking in front of the right people. Um, do you have an example of that? Well, I... I um, yeah, I mean, just this morning, actually, I went to hear a whole series of speakers um, from a commercial radio station who were doing a nationwide tour. And um, it was really good. I, it was really slick, lots of video. I really enjoyed it. But I think in many cases in the seminars, they were speaking to the wrong people. So there was a London-based um, radio element to it, and they were talking to a Southwest audience. And at the end of it, the audience just said, I don't understand why you're telling us this because we're in the Southwest. Why do we want to know about a London radio station? Mm -hmm. They were just a bit left cold by the whole thing and it didn't really work for that audience. So, you know, you can really lose people. And afterwards, in fairness, they really saved it in the Q&A because they said, oh, we did a campaign for holiday cottages in Devon and they wanted to attract a London audience to come down to take a holiday cottage. And that campaign went really well. And I thought, good save, guys. 
but why wasn't that in your main presentation? Like, why didn't somebody, when you were brainstorming this event, say, um, how are we going to overcome the objection that this is a London radio station and we're pitching to the Southwest? Why did nobody in the team put their hand up and say, the emperor has, is not wearing any clothes? <laughs> <laughs> that was a team failure there so that's a classic example they were wasting their time because they weren't telling the story correctly for that audience they could pull it round, but they didn't spot that opportunity until they had complaints yes i saw i saw a great speaker uh, from florida sharing to an audience in london uh, her speech but it included lots of information about associations in florida and mm-hmm. fell completely flat which yeah was you've a- got to be more flexible than that you know, do a bit of research locally. You know, um, I know you've had Alan Stevens on this show and he's superb at this. You know, he will make sure he arrives in an area early. You know, what you want to do is just mingle a little bit with the local culture. Just find out what's topical. You know, we just had a royal baby being born in the UK. You know, you want to talk about that. You know, just just get on board with the audience as quickly as you can and make it as relevant to them as you can from the beginning. Don't wait until the Q&A to suddenly say, oh, let me now make my generic uh, presentation more relevant because by then they don't like you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And what do you mean by product? Product? Well, you know, Chris, I'm famous for uh, loving selling these days. And I used to hate selling. I started off trying to sell vacuum cleaners door to door in Canada. <laughs> no, it was rubbish at it. I sold one in my first three weeks until I'd completely run out of money and didn't have anything to eat and realized I'd have to go and work in a cafe. So, you know, I was just rubbish at selling. I didn't understand it at all. And I've learned it. So, I'm so excited because I was rubbish and now I'm really good. I'm really a mean salesperson now. I have a superb conversion rate. And um, basically, people are helpless in my presence because I'm so excited about it. So, um, you know, just bowl them over with sheer enthusiasm. But what is so important here is what I've already been banging on about, which is having an action at the end of it. I call it a product. But And it might be a product. You might be selling, as I said, a book or a CD or a DVD program. And a lot of solo business owners are going to have collateral like that, that they would love to monetize by speaking. And absolutely, why not? If I'm in an audience and there's a, I love the topic and there's a chance to buy a book for £10, I'll buy it. You know, why? I don't mind parting with £10. I don't even mind parting with more money than that, as long as it's something that I want that's tailored to me. So the point here is think about what you want to promote. If you haven't got something, then you're kind of wasting your time doing promotional speaking, aren't you? Like people tend to think that speaking is like PR. Like as long as I just generally say I'm this person from this business, then somehow by osmosis, my profile will be raised. Well, kind of, in that you're more visible, but good luck with getting any sales out of that in the same way that PR can really fail to drive sales because it is such a general profile raiser. You shouldn't be lazy like that with your speaking. You should be guiding people towards what they can do next. And if you don't do that, you're doing them a disservice because if they are itching to change in this area, if you're saying, I know how you can get over postnatal depression, or I happen to have the secret to how you can do social media in one hour a day, and then you don't tell them how they can get more, then they can't change. They can't do anything about that. You just let them walk out the door with the same problem they had when they walked in. And I think that's doing them a disservice. So if you hate sales, think service, not sales. Excellent. <laughs> and how, how, we've only got four minutes till commercial. Oh, yeah, I can I can do it. <laughs> how, how did you do a great presentation? So 
I won't go into great detail about presentation because um, there's a huge amount to delivery. You know, it's about a whole range of things. And in a way, presentation is about summing up the other four Ps. It should be infused with passion. It should be tailored to the audience. It should be leading to call to action and it should be delivered with personality. Um, after the commercial break, we can have a look at a structure that I teach called I Promote, which makes it a better sales presentation. So I'll save that until we talk about that in a bit more detail. Fantastic. And your, and your final point of your five Ps, um, I believe and noted down, was what about um, personality? I think you should have one. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it, really. I think, you know, it's no good going on stage and not having a personality. And I know everybody's got one, but actually there are things you can do to work on it. You know, you need to learn to love yourself and learn to know yourself and what your personal brand actually is. You know, I'm only really growing into who I think I am now. And that's because I'm focusing on who I am and I'm working on it. I'm doing things like personal development and going on a comedy course, you know, to get my stand-up comedy better. I make sure I keep my voice in good shape so that I can sing for people when required. You know, I make sure that I'm growing and when I'm on stage, people can see that growth. When you're on stage, people can see everything you've ever been, everything you are, and everything you ever will be. So why not go to work on yourself? That's a great statement. Remember that. Do you want to repeat that? When you're on stage, people can see everything you have ever been, everything that you are, and everything that you ever will be. Yeah, I think it's beautifully worded that and I think it does encapsulate you know kind of the importance isn't it of when you are on stage making the most of that moment really mm -hmm. to be yourself uh, yeah absolutely just enjoy it and usually there's some lights and I just say you know think about those lights as being like sunshine put your face up and enjoy the light you know feel the warmth of it feel it supporting you People are for you, not against you. They want to see you do well. So show them who you are and they are bound to like you. Mm. Interestingly, looking back at when I saw you speak last year, I've only got a minute. The one thing that I still remember now that I took away from that was really about holding your head up. Mm. Yeah. Do you want my little song about that? Just two seconds. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Always look up and step into the light. <laughs> excellent we got you singing yay <laughs> <laughs> fantastic that's a lovely way to leave us now and go into commercial break and after the break uh, we shall step into some more light with uh, how best to promote on stage so we'll be back with you in just a couple of minutes From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one -one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? 
How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Voice America Business Network the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. This is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchievemore.com and uh, with Celia Delaney, we're talking about how to, how to use speaking to promote your business. And uh, Celia, uh, besides uh, singing beautiful songs to people, uh, how do you best promote on stage? Well, Chris, we've talked about the barriers to people speaking being not knowing where to speak and have talked about getting started with network groups. That's a really good thing. And also for many people who are at work, there'll be opportunities to speak there. But not knowing what to say is often a barrier for people as well. And so one of the main things I spend my time teaching is a a talk structure called I Promotes, my own talk structure, which is really a form of sales presentation. It shows people how to balance information with sales presentation and that is a tricky balance but in terms of how you best promote on stage it's the person that achieves that balance the best is the best promoter I would say because the audience feels cheated if they're just sold to because they can see it a mile away we, we might call that pitching or sometimes if you go to a multi-speaker event people call it a pitch fest uh, and they get tired of it and quite rightly why shouldn't they so that's not good promoting but as I've said as well just giving lots and lots of content away is informational speaking and that's not promoting either because you never leave enough time to say your business name and to say how people can get more so that's a poor promoter so it's finding the fine balance between the two and I must admit that takes practice but if you have a structure like mine to help you then you can hang your talk off those hooks every time and it helps remind you where to put things so not knowing what to say people then have an order to run through that really they can then put any sort of content into excellent so what share with us your five steps then to making a sales presentation okay so I'll just give you the titles first of all I'm not going to be able to go into detail on all of them today because I normally teach this in a master class that takes at least half a day Um, but let me just tell you the titles of the five steps so step one establish immediate rapport with the audience Step two, identify with their problems. 
Step three, increase the need for them to solve their problems. Step four, inspire them with your solution. And step five, invite them to act. Okay. So it should be fairly clear from the titles, the kind of ways in which you're moving through the speech there, you know, what it is that you're doing in terms of gear changes to get through your speech. And I have taught this to thousands of people now. You know, I teach this in live masterclasses. I speak, I coach, I finally have some products. I'm even writing a book, Chris, even though it's nearly killed me, <laughs> on them, what I promote. You know, this is definitely my thing. I'm so passionate about it. And the thing that makes me satisfied in my job is people come to me and they don't know how to structure a talk and they're genuinely lost. So they say, yes, I do want to do this. I am willing to get up and speak, but I just don't know how to go about it. I give them this system. It's easy to remember once they, you know, they probably need it in writing. They want the, the steps written down. But once they've got that or got my audio, whatever, they then say, oh, such a relief because now I've got a way of doing it and it works you know I get lots of lovely emails coming back about how people have used it in all different ways not just for sales but for general persuasion you know for changing people's thinking um and when I put my hand on my heart Chris there's really nothing original under the sun as Shakespeare said this has come from best practice sales you know this has come from all the different things that I studied when I was bad at sales and I had to get better at it and it's my take on the things that I learned it's um it's simple but it's effective and it's my way of doing it and particularly it's applied to speaking to groups so as we go through the steps when I'm teaching it I'm saying, yes, you can use this in a one-to-one -one sales conversation, absolutely. But this is how you do it if you're doing it to group because it's probably going to look a little bit different because they can't, they, well, they can speak back and I encourage that, but they're not going to ask you lots of questions in the way that you would in a one-to-one -one sales conversation. Right, so you, so you establish rapport, you identify with problems. Yeah. Then you increase the need to solve those problems, you inspire and you also then invite them to take action. Correct. Well done. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, that's good. So I just wanted to summarise that because I think there's some really, you know, really good sort of stages in your speaking and some elements to really think about there with any with any speech. Yeah. Uh, when we spoke uh, together, you mentioned that there were two P's um, within. Yeah. Promote. Do you want to explain what those are? Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't have time to teach all the steps, um, what I'd like to do instead is just highlight what I think are the two most important pieces in it that people classically can't do or really struggle to do. And because I like P's, I thought I'd make it two bonus P's, you know. Um, so those P's are pain and payoff. And what I mean by that is, as a speaker, you really, to be persuasive, must engage with people's pain. Nine times out of ten, this is true. I mean, of course, there are always exceptions to the rule. And sometimes you can just speak about positivity and, you know, people will love that. But I would challenge anyone about whether they then take much action. Because we have motivation as human beings. And 
we can talk about uh, away from and toward motivation. So we have a motivation away from pain for survival. And we have a motivation towards safety, usually. We might call it pleasure, but really people will actually choose safety over pleasure because we're very wired for survival. So people want to get away from risk and into safety. If you don't identify with pain, you're missing out one of the biggest motivators that people have to change. So they will pay more money to get out of pain than they will to buy pleasure, believe it or not. And they are more likely to take action if they fully understand the pain that they're in and then make a change. So if you're dealing with, say, a drug addiction, you know, a drug addict might think there's nothing wrong. I've got quite a nice life. I get, you know, I'm happy enough. But once they realize that they're doing themselves a lot of damage or they're inflicting pain around them, once they understand that, then they're much more likely to be able to move from there and decide to take action. That's just an extreme example because, you know, I work in all kinds of sectors. But um, if the people that you want to take action don't understand why they should move then they probably won't if you take that from a sales perspective there's a little phrase that i quite like no problem no purchase so that's a really good one to remember yes so that's the that's the p that's pain that i think i see speakers struggle with all the time now why don't speakers want to engage with the pain because they're human and we don't like thinking about pain so as a speaker, they're like, oh, I don't really want to talk about problems and pain. And won't it get really negative? And how am I going to do that without it all getting like a big moan? Well, you can do it. You just need to list the problems that people have. It's often just that simple. And you are going to have to put yourself through that discomfort because, again, you've got to remember you're doing them a service. And you're doing them a disservice if you don't help them to understand the pain that they're in. And do you, do you think actually by... I mean, one of the things with my keynotes I do is I, I spend quite a bit of, bit of time in there actually explaining the pain that I went through and the mistakes that I went through, as well as the mistakes I've seen lots of other people have gone through through my research. Um, what I kind of feel about that is it does seem to connect people with you because they realize that you're human and you're not trying to pretend you're anything else. Absolutely. And it's one of the biggest connectors when you speak about the audience's problems as well. So I would do both. I'd speak about your own problems, speak about the audience's problems and tell stories, which is called social proof. Something that I teach on a lot is tell stories about other people's pain. So give an example, you know, like we've told stories throughout this. I've talked about the event I went to this morning. I I talked about a month ago, I spoke and I really bombed and I hardly ever do badly. (laughs) badly that I've you know I felt like a soggy feeling of shame for a couple of days (laughs) I'm sure it wasn't that bad but I'm very high standards about it you know and um and so I'll talk about that and why I think it went wrong you know because that is probably a story people can learn from more than me saying and these are the things that you should do you know we all know what we should do but we often learn more from what we don't do (laughs) you know so I'm keen to get onto the other P as well. Don't want to shortchange you, Chris, yes. on your on your P's because this is be seven P's. I mean, this is like a bumper set of P's. Um, the other P, the other side of the equation is payoff. So, as a speaker, it's really important once you've engaged people with the pain and they're all there, they get it. They're like, oh yeah, that is yes, I am in that kind of pain. Yes, I do have a problem. Oh yes, I do need to change. You then need to be clear enough about what is the payoff if they do change because probably change is going to involve for them one of four things time 
money, emotion or risk. And those are four categories that, again, a real light bulb moment for a lot of people when I teach this. Time, money, emotion, risk. I'm not the first person to have said it, but I really love those four categories. Those four categories are all the objections people will ever have. And they are all the things that will persuade them to change as well. So if you just spent the rest of your life building sales presentations on the basis of time, money, emotion, risk, you'd be doing a lot better than you're probably doing now as a speaker. So the payoff bit is convincing people that the uplift that you're promising is good enough. They do a little uh, comparison all the time between where am I now? What is my pain level one to 10? Well, unless it's 10, they're then going to look at the payoff. And if it's not that impressive, if it's not that big a deal, they might say, do you know what? I'm only a four out of 10 in pain. I'll just stay here. <laughs> because every change takes a big investment of themselves of yourself doesn't it if you think about any time that you've had to change you had to do something invested in a course or you even if you've had to buy a car like say you can admit like you know <laughs> my husband had a car last year and it, the brakes were squeaking the passenger door didn't work you know <laughs> the fuel gauge was going the thing didn't work and yet for both of us the hassle of had the time to go and look for cars and discuss it was too great. So we just sat in that pain for quite a long time. So we would need to be convinced. We need somebody to come along, a speaker to come along and say, you know how your car is completely driving you mad and you are currently um, damaging your reputation because you're turning up in that terrible car, Celia. <laughs> you know, imagine what it would be like if you leased a Mercedes from us. This is what it would look like. You know, I needed somebody to convince my husband that we should get around those car showrooms and get on with it. But both of us didn't make it a big enough priority. So you have to paint a really great picture in inspiring people with your solution. You must paint a picture that the payoff is worth it. Fantastic. That's, that's, we've got a couple of minutes. Left. Um, mm. The final message you'd like to answer. Oh, well, there are so many. But I think that the biggest mistake I see people make is holding themselves back by being small. And particularly in the UK, being far too modest and incapable of even saying their own name and their business name and what they have to offer. And whilst I know the opposite of that, if you like, the Americans are very good at this, Very seem very confident and strident to us in the UK um, and would be much more likely to promote, maybe a sweeping statement and, um, you know, feel free to write in. Um, but uh, that's often what we see. There's a balance, isn't there? Somewhere in between probably those two extremes. You do not have to be salesy in order to sell. But you do have to show up, have confidence and make sure that you at least offer people the choice. That's all I'm asking. Please offer your audience the chance to do something different. That's all that you have to think about. Not sales, just choice. Celia Delaney, it's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much. And you even got a bit of singing. <laughs> very, very good. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, if you've got any questions or feedback, please send them to myself, chris at bemoreachievemore.com. Love to hear from you. Um, next week, we've got a, another set of fascinating guests, and we're going to talk about extraordinary relationships in the workplace. Uh, Dave Bradley is a speaker and used to be the biggest um, booker of actors in the UK outside of the BBC. 
And Karen Asamper is a TV and movie actress, and she's been uh, on well-known British soaps such as Coronation Street and Emmerdale Farm and Doctors. So we're going to talk next week about extraordinary relationships in the workplace. And thank you again to Celine, Celia, Disney, <laughs> sorry, Celia, um, talking with us about how to use speaking to promote your business. I think there was some fantastic content in there, Celia. Thank you. You're very welcome. So I'll um, speak to you all again next week. Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.